Hey, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Emily. Doing good. How about you? I'm great. We're really excited to be bringing you our very first episode of Inner Space. And by the end of this episode, we hope the name will be very clear why we chose it and everyone will understand our concept. So we thought we'd start by each telling a little bit about our own story. So Rachel, why don't you start first? Sure. Well, interior design has always been something that's very important to me, though it took me 28 years to recognize it. I always took my interior spaces very seriously. Even when I was nine years old, I guided my parents in a new layout that would be more efficient for a home, and it actually turned out to be functional and was implemented. So I guess you'd say that was my first job. Unfortunately, my parents didn't really listen to my decor choices and advice later on, though, because they had a lot of really embarrassing pictures when I was growing up. Apparently, I was really ready for timeless design at a young age. When it finally dawned on me that this was my passion, I was blown away by how much psychology and science is involved in this amazing career. And that's why I think that you and I work together so well and where our passions connect. I was born and raised in Seattle and was living in West Seattle and was convinced that I would never want to leave Seattle. My business was growing and I needed space for a home office. So my husband and I started looking for a new home for our family. And after a lot of searching, we just weren't finding a home that spoke to us. So one day, my broker suggested that we look at Vashon Island. And I said, where exactly is Vashon Island? (laughs) So many people in Seattle say that. (laughs) It's really sad, though, having grown up there, that I didn't even realize it was right across the water. But uh, long story short, we came over, we looked at a house. It was the first house we saw. We fell in love with it. And we lived there today, almost two years later. Um, Emily has a really great story about her choice to move to Vashon as well. Yeah, well, before that, just a little quick fill-in on the background. I grew up in upstate New York and Michigan and New Jersey, but I was living on the east end of Long Island with my husband, Michael, and we became aware of the book that was written, the latest book written by Kurt Timmermeister, who's a dairy farmer here on Vashon, for anyone who doesn't know that. And we just got so intrigued by his descriptions of the island that we ended up coming and checking it out completely out of the blue and ended up buying a piece of property and then building a house. So we're in the process right now of building a house. Um, And when I got here, I had done many things in my past careers, uh, and one of them was teaching yoga. And I wasn't even sure if I would continue doing that, but I did continue doing yoga. And then I met Rachel at a um, Chamber of Commerce meeting, and we just started talking and realizing a lot of what our philosophies were overlapped. And that's how we decided to end up doing this radio show. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, kind of something I had noticed for years was this whole, especially in particular, the phrase, getting rid of what no longer serves you and how we use that in the yoga world to talk about, you know, things that aren't working in your life as far as people or beliefs or all kinds of things, just anything that you're holding on to through the process of doing yoga and meditation you can get to the point where you can start to see what's not working and release what isn't working anymore. And then, of course, in the organizing world, and that was one of the things I had done, was to help people create space in their home and clear clutter. Um, you're obviously getting rid of a lot of physical stuff. So the similarities just always struck me, and I kept thinking, there's got to be a way I can put these two things together. And that's how we ended up partnering. So... There's no denying that we're an odd combination on first impression, a yoga instructor and an interior designer. But I think that when we look at it more closely, it actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, the more people I tell it to, they go like, 
oh yeah, I do get that. So, right. I mean, our the way that we when we've talked about it, we've talked about how our inner spaces and how they influence our well being and um, how what we surround ourselves with also influences that, and um, it, they project on each other back and forth. It's it's right. a reflective po- process. Yeah. I mean, I've always just had this. As long as I can remember, I've always had this idea that a home should be kind of a serene oasis or a haven or a place you go at the end of the day because you might even if you had a stressful day, it's the place where you feel at peace. So it's just something that I think everyone ought to have. And many people, especially Americans, have houses filled with too much stuff. And the fact is, everything is energy. Everything is made of energy. And that stuff that isn't working in your life, that's sitting in your house, could be holding you back in some way. So all of that sort of comes together to to make it that you should have a place you can go at the end of the day that makes you feel like it's yours. And it's you're surrounded with things that right. really bring you happiness. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, too, is if you, if you have a house that's totally chaotic and you're trying to live our stressful, fast-paced lives that most of us have, you're not going to have that happiness. Absolutely. And in when you hire an interior designer, you want someone to come in and make your space beautiful. But it's really important to have this holistic approach where we understand everything that there is to know as much as possible about you and your personality and what your needs are. And we need to be able to design a space based on the space and the person and not so much a catalog of parts or a retail store's items. Um, something that I was talking about the other day is, is how I don't consult a catalog. I don't go to retail stores and find pieces to put into a home. I find out what the home needs and select items or create items based on those needs. If you do it the other way around, it's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And I think that that's where this, this holistic approach, knowing more about how we work together and and approaching this again with your inner space as well yeah and people I think people worry like oh my house has to look like a pottery barn catalog or something like that it's just you know there is no one size fits all there's no this is how it should look and that's why going within and really acknowledging what works for you is so important because it's different for everybody and there is no like it's got to look a specific way I'm so glad that you mentioned the Pottery Barn catalog because I think that that's one of the biggest frustrations that I have as a designer is I'll ask people for inspiration and everyone wants to choose the the trendiest images and um, yeah, they're beautiful and they may move us, but is that really what makes you who you are? Right. It's not real life. It, it's not. It's It should be more about, you know, where do you want a vacation and when you go out outside of your home, why do you live where you live? When you look out your window, what is it that moves you? Mm-hmm. That should be your inspiration. That should be what you pull from. And of course, you know, images from magazines help as well. I need to be able to see spaces sometimes. But but it's starting with that vision and that idea of how you want to feel, too, I think is really important to bring in. So having a vision of how you want it to look is really important. And People use different processes to come up with that. Like for somebody, it might be drawing. For somebody, it might be writing. So for different people, there's different ways they can express the vision. 
But to start with the vision and also factor in how you want to feel in your own space. I think that's a really huge piece that most people never even think of. And that's the piece where I need you to be able to talk to them because a lot of people don't know what moves them. And I think that when they take some time with Emily and they take some time discovering themselves and thinking about what calms and moves them, then they'll know what their inspiration is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most people's lives are almost either on autopilot, where you're just kind of going through the same motions every day, or you're everything is just such a blur. <laughs> In today's world, it's so hectic and fast paced. Go, go, go. Yeah. I mean, some most <laughs> people barely even stop to think about these things. I don't remember the last time I stopped to think. I just talk. <laughs> <laughs> but just having the um, taking the time and slowing down and paying attention to what you're feeling, what's going on inside of you, what's important to you, and recognizing that your home space is really important. I mean, people just think like, oh, it's just where I live. But if it reflects what you really feel and want and desire in your life, it's going to make a difference. It's not like it's just four walls. And that place where you just live is the place that you wake up every morning. It's the way you start your day. It's the way that you finish your day when you go to bed at night. And that should be moving. It should be inspiring. It should be something that makes you dream and think and um, be passionate. It's it's your your place that is solely you. Right. And it comes down to recognizing that you deserve all of that, too. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that whole, like, not having a, a feeling of worthiness, that they, they deserve to have a beautiful home space. Um, it's just... Take Like I said, it's slowing down is so crucial. And um, when you talked about starting and closing your day, it made me think about um, having rid rhythms and rituals in your day. So, for example, one thing that I do is right as soon as I wake up, I listen to some positive affirmations that I recorded in my own voice just to start my day on a positive note. And I've, I've talked to so many people who get up and start looking at email. I mean, literally, their eyes open. I've done that. And they're reading I admit email. It. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when you think about it, it's like other people's agenda and it's starting things off in this really frantic mode. And yeah. if you can have some quiet, I mean, I get up really, really early and my house is very still and quiet and I do things like the affirmations and some meditation, but everything I'm doing is at my pace and slow and has nothing to do with anyone else except for my two doggies. Right. But <laughs> I know. See, now my mornings wake up usually with snoring babies on my arms. But, <laughs> but I have actually, because of the way that Emily and I have been talking and working together, we've been working on um, a pr something that we've been doing online, which is a simplify your life challenge. And one of our challenges was to plan out a part of your day that would be your dream day and I planned out my morning. And in my dream morning, I was able to wake up with my kids still in bed and still asleep. And this doesn't always work out, but... <laughs> it's a dream. And I take some time and I just go downstairs and start planning my day out because it makes me... That's what calms me is planning things out in advance. And, and um, so I start doing that. And then the kids wake up and they come downstairs and I have a book ready to read to them. We snuggle up under a blanket and then we get ready for the day. But I don't think I would have thought to do that if we hadn't talked together. And in that planning, there was also this visual inspiration, too, where I started to think about my space and 
when I woke up, what did I want to see? I wanted to see this beautiful white room that was filled with sunshine. And I started developing the design for my own bedroom in my head um, based on what what inspired me and the way that I wanted to live my life. It's more than just what it looks like. It's how you want to live. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. And then I, I think I wrote down some stuff about my how I would like my day to end, to bookend your beginning. And mm-hmm. I said by whatever time, maybe six o'clock at the latest, I close my laptop for the day and that's it. I'm off the computer. I have a glass of wine while I help my husband make dinner and we talk together while we're preparing it. Then we have a lovely leisurely dinner. We read together after dinner and then we meditate before we go to sleep at a reasonable hour. So there's like no TV in my evening. Um, I know not to judge anybody. I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) Not to judge anyone who likes TV. But um, I think the point is that whole, it keeps coming back to that whole thing about the slowing down and being mindful and realizing that this is a way you can actually live your day. Like that whole autopilot thing that people think they have to be crazed and frantic all the time. Yes. It just doesn't occur to a lot of people to think like, wait a minute, maybe there really is another way. Right, right. And when people are planning their, uh, you know, and I'm going to come back to design, of course, but when people are planning their uh, design projects, they tend to get really overwhelmed with these big projects. And they say, I'm going to plan, I'm going to have my whole home designed, and I'm going to start with the kitchen, and I'm going to get that done today. Mm. And it's what ends up happening is they start a project here, and they start a project there, and their homes are in a constant state of construction, their lives are completely flustered and overwhelmed and feeling frazzled. And construction is always going to be overwhelming in your living space. But there are definitely methods of dealing with this and moving through it um, in baby steps, taking your time and really, like Emily said, just slow down. Yeah, that whole overwhelm thing, I, I experienced that a lot with organizing clients that I used to work with because people tend to look at it as one gigantic project. And when they think of it that way, they just go like, oh, I mean, nobody can stand to even think about that. Not even a designer can think of it that way. People hire me to do their entire homes, and I always start with one space at a time. You have to move through step by step. But then yet again, even if thinking of the whole house is just forget it. That's just never going to work. But sometimes even thinking of one whole room is too much. If you think of your whole kitchen, even that can seem too overwhelming. Agreed, agreed. And the design process actually starts a step before that. We we don't even get into the the rooms or the design. We start thinking first about the inspiration, Mm -hmm. about the concept, about um, what moves us and the the way that we should be moving through our spaces and the way that we use our spaces. So, um, yeah, I mean, I also think just when you think of one whole room seeming too overwhelming, it's like, okay. Just ask yourself these questions, I guess, is what it comes down to. If the whole house is obviously way too crazy to think about, but if, if, if one room even feels too much, then keep breaking it down. Keep breaking it down into smaller and smaller steps and being realistic about what you can really accomplish. You don't have to spend your entire weekend doing organizing or decluttering. You could say, you know, this weekend... I have a half an hour on Saturday and 15 minutes on Sunday. And if that's really all you have, then just be realistic about what you have and figure out a little project that would fit that time frame. Maybe you just do one drawer. But if you start with those little steps, it gives you a little momentum. And over time, you end up eventually realizing that this is going to take time. It doesn't get there overnight, and it's not going to get cleaned up overnight either. 
And I highly advise that if you're going to do any kind of home improvement project, to always start with a goal that's that fits the entire home. Whether or not you're approaching the entire home, think about the home as a whole. Because what happens if you don't do this is you have a kitchen that was clearly remodeled at one time and another space that was clearly remodeled at another time. And you end up with what I call a patchwork home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patchwork is for quilts. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, because you can take a space and not think about how it relates to the other spaces in your house, and that's not really going to work. And I think that that works for your life as well. I mean, if you have a goal, obviously, we can't plan every moment in our lives, and it's wonderful to be spontaneous and have fun with our lives. But in our lifestyle, thinking of our our goals and our our plan and um, coming up with our basically our design concept for life, mm-hmm. I think could probably, uh, I like to conceptualize everything and apply interior design procedures to every aspect of life and every different kind of business. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm clearly a little bit obsessed with my career. but yeah, A little bit. <laughs> no, but we know that these things work. So that's why we're talking about it. Right, right. right. Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to think of some examples of people I've worked with that could relate to all of this stuff. Um, I've had so many projects where I've had people, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of it. I have one project, which is a a perfect example, actually, of slowing down. I had a homeowner that wanted to remodel her three bathrooms and her kitchen, and we we started with the master bath, and before we did any of this, we talked about what moved her, what she loved about her home, what she wanted to see in her home, where she likes to vacation. Um, we looked at the scenery out the windows, and we brought that in, and we started with her master bath, and we took our time with it. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to advise that every remodel project should take this much time, mm. but starting with that master bathroom, we started with that in, Ju- I want to say it was July 2013, and we are just now doing the kitchen it's been demolished and we're starting to do the installation but i bet she loves everything so far she loves everything and it's been this really wonderful calm process where they've been able to live in the house comfortably while everything was happening and they knew what was coming next wow that's amazing yeah it's hard to believe. <laughs> it's, it does happen. It doesn't happen often in, in, in construction and in that construction world, but it can happen if it's properly planned and if we aren't um, feeling so frazzled and, and hectic about it. Right. Yeah, no, that's so important because it is, It's no matter what, any kind of project like this is going to have its level of stress. But I think just, I love what, um, there's something Deepak Chopra says that I really love that is any time during your day, maybe two or three times every single day, try to develop the habit of just stopping and asking yourself, am I aware right now? So that whole thing of, you know, going through your day and sort of being on autopilot and not paying any attention and really not being mindful and definitely not in the moment is really, unfortunately, I think it's not to knock duck technology because I think technology is great but I think the more technology we bring into our lives the less mindful we become that's true or we tend to become so if you can develop little habits like that that really does help keep you more in the moment that makes sense I mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) that makes perfect sense that's a great way to think 
Yeah, and if you're thinking and in the moment, then you're going to make decisions that work for you. And I mean, you're spending a lot of money when you do a design project or build a house. Yes. I'm building a house right now, so I know. Um, <laughs> yes. So you really have to stay in that mindful state when you're making decisions where a lot of money's on the line. Absolutely. And again, it, it always comes back to that concept and the goal and knowing what you want to do for your whole space. I mean, um, like I said, we moved here about two years ago. We moved into, my husband and I moved into a fixer-upper and we wanted to live in a fixer-upper because I'm an interior designer and he's an architect. So um, we've been planning the design for our house pretty much since we moved in there. And, you know, we're the cobbler with no shoes. We've, <laughs> we've got an old kitchen where appliances are kind of stacked in the corner because it was built before there were appliances mm. and it was the house was built before there were bathrooms. So we've got this addition onto the back of the house. So we have a bathroom now. And um, But it's it, to me, I feel like it's so important that I plan out everything that I want to do to this house. And no, it doesn't have to be completely detailed, but the general plan is completed and finished before I even start on the first project. Because everything I do in that home is going to influence the space that is adjacent to it. Right. Yeah, and if you give yourself that time, you also, most people, realistically, most people need that time to come up with the money to pay for it anyway. Oh, gosh, yeah. we. I need a few more jobs before I can pay for my first project in my own home. Yeah, most people aren't in a position to just do this massive project all at right. once anyway. Right. Now, one thing we wanted to talk about, too, is the involving all the members of the household. And I know you have young kids. Are Absolutely. your kids involved at all with your the stuff you decide in your house? Or they're just too little at this they, point? They try to be involved, and it's really adorable because my son has decided that we should paint all the walls of the house red. Uh -huh. um, my other son decided that every chair at our dining table should be a different color. So <laughs> oh, that's cute. We're, we're making sure to include their thoughts in their own spaces. That, that would be kind of like a box of crayons, right? It would be, and it doesn't really suit my style maybe, very much. Maybe in their bedrooms you could yes, do Yes, absolutely. They, they definitely have their own spaces, and their spaces are up to them. Yeah, but I do love that idea of involving everybody. I think that's really important. I mean, you all live there, right? We, yes. <laughs> Most of the time. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like we're just all over the place, which is another important aspect of doing this design, whether it's design or life. Just don't burn yourself out. Don't wear yourself out. Do the project in phases. It's okay to do that, um, whether it's be a remodel project or a home organization project or a project affecting your lifestyle and deciding how you're going to live differently and how you're going to approach your life, start with little bits of it and, and move through in phases. Yeah, and kind of being kind to yourself. Like you said, like, don't be hard on yourself. You can take the time. I mean, go, going back to that idea of it's not like it has to look a specific way. It's your space, you know, and you can just because somebody else might have gotten rid of something, it might have meaning to you. And, you know, I know everybody has probably heard about Marie Kondo, the life-changing magic of tidying up, and the idea of only keeping things that spark joy. So I think that's a really good idea. But I think, again, you have to really be mindful of what is, what's joy for you. I mean, it still it goes back again to that whole idea that it's not like a cookie-cutter approach. What right. sparks joy for one person is going to be different for another. So it's it, just... It doesn't need to be trendy. It doesn't need to be what's popular. It needs to be what moves you and what, right. what does something for you. And how do you feel? I always go back to that because it's like... Yes. 
It's, yes. It goes beyond just whether it sparks joy or not. It's like, how do you want to feel in that space? Right. Do you want to go home and do you want to feel energized and do you want to, or do you want to feel calm or do you want to feel calm and energized simultaneously? Because that's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. And how would you do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> the way that I usually approach a design that that wants to be calming and energizing s- simultaneously is that I'll I'll do um, neutral field colors and keep things very calm for the the base, and then I'll bring in accessories and um, little punches at, at things mm. that can be exciting. And- okay, so I think I'm doing something right because that's my vision for when I do get all my stuff back and I. This is what I love is that I'm building this house and I can get all this stuff out of this moving van that's been in storage for almost two years and really decide, does it still spark joy or not? But that's the vision I have is sort of a lot of neutral, um, pale blue and gray kind of basic, but then pops of fuchsia. You know, I have these two two fuchsia cashmere throws. Mm Mm-hmm. And they look really pretty on that pale blue sofa, you know, so. And that pale blue is also going to make your space feel more open and expansive because blues do that. They, I mean, let's look at the sky. What color is it? Why mm-hmm. does it feel so expansive? That's yeah, the magic of blue. And then that blue sofa will be on a backdrop of big windows that look out over, oh, beautiful. overlooking Puget Sound. So. Oh, oh, stop. You're killing me. <laughs> Yeah, so those little bits of color and not going crazy. I mean, some people have a room that's just jammed with color, and if that's what's right for them, great. But I I love that idea of the restfulness overall, but then the pops of color to give it some punch and some life. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about those, uh, doing that with accessories and doing that with um, temporary, what I like to say are temporary pieces, is that those can be your trendy items. And it's okay to go trendy with those items. And when the trends change, it's easy to change them out. Right, because those can really be changed out, like pillows and throws. Right. And, and those are the, the things with a lot of energy are the things that we tend to outgrow more quickly. If It can be more timeless if it's neutral and if it's subdued and classic. Um, but as soon as we start getting like that really edgy sense or um, whether it's edgy or fun or funky or playful – that's what we tend to outgrow. We, we get mm. over it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you get tired of it. Yeah. Interesting. I definitely want to mention that Emily and I have begun to offer a new service. Uh, we're calling it Lifestyle Design. And what it is is you meet with me, Emily, and a home organizer, and you tell us about your challenge areas, your lifestyle goals, how you want to incorporate them into your space. And the three of us will offer tips and strategies and follow up with a proposal for lifestyle design, which may include yoga instruction, remodel work, and a complete organizing overhaul. Or it could be as simple as a lesson on breathing and time management and a bit of decluttering and a color consultation to bring some calm into your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's exciting. I can't wait to start doing that. It's going to be really, I think people would never have thought of those three services together, but we but, hope But we now hope that, that we're people, doing it, it, it makes so much sense to me. Yeah, we hope that people will be excited. And we're also really interested in hearing what any of our listeners might be, either topics that you'd be interested in hearing about on Inner Space or um, challenges that you have around these kinds of topics that we're talking about. So we'd love to hear from people and hear what kinds of topics you'd be interested in. Absolutely. So please reach out to us if you have any comments or 
questions. And there's one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, as we continue in this process and we, we have a dream of having some kind of a charitable arm out of our partnership, that would be something that would benefit and help the homeless. Because we feel so strongly that every, as I mentioned at the beginning, every person ought to have a home that feels like their, their special place. Right. So Absolutely. someday, that's our dream, we'll, have, we'll be in a situation where we can make some contribution to homeless people. We have our end goal in mind. We have the concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that kind of wraps up where we're trying to go with this introductory episode. I hope that we made it clear why we're calling it Inner Space and you have a little bit of a sense of what we're about individually and as partners. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. If you'd like to reach Rachel Waldron, go to waldrondesigns.com. And for Emily Herrick, E-M-I-L-Y-H-E-R-R-I-C-K yoga.com. And this is where we sign out. Remember, your inner space reflects your outer space. So make make it it your your oasis. I'm Emily Herrick. And I'm Rachel Waldron. Thanks Thanks for for traveling traveling with us to inner space. space.